You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. So these are very tough markets right now, at least for me, and I've been doing this a long time, so I'm going to say it's probably tough for most people. Biggest risk for Q4 would be getting too heavily short this market right now and a central bank turnaround occurring. You, you got to be aware of that. I'm Bill Powers. It's Mining Stock Education, checking in with master trader Nick Santiago of InTheMoneyStocks.com. Nick, welcome back onto the show. Well, uranium has been on a tear. It's been up about 15 pounds, $15 per pound, excuse me, to about 70 per pound in the last 60 days. Uh, the ETF that you track sometimes, URNM, is up 50% in the last 90 days. Did you get a piece of this upward swing? No, I didn't. I didn't uh, get a piece of it, And but it's been a great move. I will say it's been off to the races, but it is now parabolic. And um, I've told my members, a lot of them like to play the uranium stocks like uh, Cameco, CCJ, uh, the URA, which another type of uh, vehicle to use for it. But it is parabolic now. So if you own it, you trail the stop loss immediately. If you don't own it, you avoid it here. I would not be a buyer of it at this point. But as you said, it had just a tremendous run and it was off to the races and it, it's still fairly strong even right now. But um, I would avoid that play uh, at this stage of the game. But unfortunately, I did not jump on that bandwagon. That was a, a great run though, great run. Yeah, because you would usually play that with options, right, on the ETF? Yeah, I would play that with options. That's the way I like to do it a lot of times, especially with those type of vehicles. Um, that one broke out. I forget exactly where the breakout point was, but it was it was a sensational run and still holding up fairly well. But at this point, that run is over. You know, we're coming, you know, if there's a little bit more uh, juice left in it, uh, it, it's getting squeezed here. But um, if you own it, I would just trail that stop loss or take profits, but I would not be a buyer up here at this level now. It's parabolic. Copper is 365 a pound. Where do you see the copper trade going? Uh, my level I've given out to my members, ultimately, we're going to we're gonna be buyers around 312. So we get 312, 311. I think that's buy it and hold it. Don't even sell it. Just, just get on there. That's going to be a major bottom. And that's a bottom that could last for potentially two, three years. And so even though you're a swing trader, you're willing to hold something that long? Oh, sure, sure. So how I like to do it, Bill, is I set two targets, target one, target two. Once target one's achieved, I move my stop loss to break even, and I let the second half just run. And what I like to do otherwise, I'll go ahead and I'll buy call options on different uh, copper vehicles or different uh, uh, stocks in the sector or industry group. And that's what I like to do. And then I calculate how far the run can ultimately go. I've done copper, the copper trade, not that long ago, a couple of years ago at the bottom in 2020. And we, myself and all of my members did really, really well. And uh, we'll look to repeat that again. But the level's going to be down when copper gets at around 312, 311. That's when you pull the trigger there. Uh, oil is still demonstrating a bullish trend above $90 a barrel. Uh, what's your current thoughts on oil? Well, you know, I didn't think oil was going to get much above 85, to be honest with you, and it went all the way up to 95. So I've been wrong on that, but I think it's overbought. I think it's um, very, very uh, long in the tooth here. It's had an incredible run, but I think oil pulls back down to the low 80s. If it breaks that level, then you'll go down to the mid 70s again, back to that 75 level where it has found a lot of stability. You break 75, then that opens the door down to $50, believe it or not, or at least into the low 50s, 
which would be a you know a lifetime buying opportunity. But um, right now, oil's held up very well. A lot of geopolitical events, as you know, surrounding it, whether it's OPEC and OPEC plus production cuts from these guys, you know. So it's very tough. But um, oil is held up much much better than I thought. I told my members if we got above seventy five, we'll go to eighty five. Eighty five. I thought that would be about the extent of it. It's gone all the way to ninety five. Now finally pulling back. And again, we'll see how it plays out when it pulls back to the low 80s. I think 81, 82 is the real test. If you break below there, then you go back to 75 again. So it's very tricky. These are tricky markets. And um, to, to crude oil's uh, benefit there, or I should say, to give it some credit, um, the dollar has been very strong. And crude has held up despite a strong dollar. So, you know, again, you know, th- this is a it's an ongoing story. I, I have to say, I was a little bit surprised to see crude go as high as it did, but it made a great move. So you've given us your breakdown targets for oil. Do you have any melt-up targets for oil if it goes the other way? Oh, sure. You know, your old high was 130, so that would be the ultimate right now that I could see. Um, but prior to that, you always have a psychological whole round number at 100, so you would have to watch the $100 level. Then you go pretty much every $5 from there. But 130 is the old high and, um, you know, the most recent high, I should say, um, that would probably be, you know, a very, very big level to get through. So I don't I don't actually see any of that happening. I think oil will retreat from here. But, hey, this is a wild world and a crazy world we're living in. So I don't take anything for granted. Anything, you know, all equities can go higher and lower than most people expect at any point in time. Is it still a good entry point for Nat gas? Yeah, I think it is. I own that gas right now. I've been in and out of it several times. So every time I hit target one, I move my stop to break even. Then when I get stopped out again uh, on the second half at break even, I just get back in lower. But I love the base that that gas is making. That gas got to close above 305. Once it does that, it's a squeeze trigger. Uh, and you'll get a possible squeeze up to 4 or $5 in that gas pretty fast. The dollar, you mentioned it's strong. You continue to see a strong dollar? Well, the dollar here should start to um, putter out a little bit as we are into big resistance. This 106.75 area is what I had told my members the dollar will go up to. We are there now. We'll see if it can start to retreat. Um, if the dollar does come down, that might be a positive for stocks because stocks have been pretty beaten up. And um, that might be a positive even for some precious metals, which are getting beaten up today as we speak. So um, I think the dollar has been on a tear since mid-July. Uh, it's had a tremendous move, but I've only calculated it going up to 106.75. Of course, that's not going to be, you know, the level where it just stops. Um, you know, it'll trade around there, but we'll see if it can hold. If it can hold here in base, then it obviously could go higher. But this is all I'm expecting from the dollar right now up to this level. What about silver and gold, your current targets? Yeah, so I nibbled on some silver today. Personally, I bought some silver SLV today. Uh, down here. But um, I'm aware that silver might have one more leg down as well as gold. And um, I think that uh, I'm not sure of the second target yet, but I did nibble on some silver today. Gold, I'm not touching because you know, Bill, I'm looking for that to have one more deep retrenchment before getting heavily involved. And I still think that's alive and well. Gold does have some support in this general range, the low 1800s. But once it cracks this, it opens the door for that 1600 level and then we'll get it in the low 1600s. I know my original forecast was for it to go down to around 1450 to 1500. 
I'm going to, I'm going to cross that out now. It's been too long. Um, now we'll go down to probably the low 1600s, 1625, 1630. That's where you scoop it all up. But even here is not a terrible level. If the dollar will pull back, maybe gold will stabilize now. So it's wait and see, let the patterns play out, let them tell you a little bit more. And then you take it from there. It's just not so easy sometimes. This is a tough, tough tape. So it's, it's not that easy right now. And Nick, I'll say this again. I always defend you in this regard because of the comments that come in, but you are a gold bull in terms of how you view it as real money in financial insurance. You have physical gold. So you're talking as a trader when you're laying out these points, these price points. Oh, yes. If you want to just own gold now and hold on, you're going to be, you're going to be fine. You're going to be grand. Um, you know, I'm just talking as a trader because I'm, a lot of people will say, oh, the, you know, he's a, a gold bug or whatever. I don't really appreciate that term because I trade these vehicles. I get in and out of GLD or AIAU or whatever it is that, you know, I might be trading miners. Last week I was in, two weeks ago, I was in gold miners at Barrick Gold and Newmont. I'm out of both of them with options and had some nice gains there. You know, so I'm a trader first and foremost, but um, longer term, every single ounce of bullion I've ever purchased from 2003, I've never sold a single ounce. And um, I still have every single coin, every single bar, and I will never get rid of it, honestly. What about the volatility trade? Still avoiding that? Yeah, volatility is too tough. I mean, we should be at such a higher level on the VIX right now. And it's, you know, it, it gets to 17 and then 18, and then it comes right back down. We've been as low as 13 or even the 12 handle at one point. It's skewed. I don't know really the the uh, the right terminology to uh, put on it or, or to say what's wrong with it. I just don't know. But I just know that it's not acting the way it did in years past. And you know, if I don't have an advantage in something, I just try to stay away from it. Congress keeps approving more money towards Ukraine. Uh, you still bullish the war stocks. Well, not so much. Right now, it's always about pattern. They've they've come down a bit. At some point, I will be. You know, if you're talking about defense contractors like Lockheed and Raytheon, I, I don't love those charts right now. Those charts have um, been damaged a little bit recently over the last couple of months, but lower, I would like them at, at a lower level. Um, but right now, I, I'm not so keen on those charts. I don't think they're really giving us the setups for big advances at the moment for whatever reason. But um, I'm a chartist first and foremost. I don't, I'm not a fan of war, as you know, but um, <clears throat> we trade what's in front of us, and that's what we have to do as traders. Last two and a half years, the renewable energy ETFs have been trending down about 50%. Uh, do you see a near-term bottom for those? They're going to come up to a bottom um, soon, but they're not there yet. So I, I still think there's lower to go. If you're looking at something like LIT, which is, I believe, the lithium ETF and you know, these all have lower to go. So I would be careful with those alternate energy plays right now. I don't really see uh, a true bottom in them. I'll use one of those stocks like Enphase. That's got to go down to like 105 before that puts in a, a real bottom. Right now it's sitting at around 120. Um, so I track them uh, and, and I just uh, would wait on them. I would not be jumping on board here. What's your best options trade last 30 days? Well, I just had two good trades, um, actually three good trades. One was Raytheon. I think we did close to 30% in a day. Uh, the other one was uh, Barrick Gold and Newmont Gold. We did those kind of, you know, a couple weeks apart from each other. So those have been the latest three winners in the books. 
But, um, you know, it's been very tough market out here. It hasn't been, you're not getting a lot of opportunities uh, right now, like we've seen in the past. Right now, the market is, is it's in a very tough trend because there is no trend on the daily chart. Daily chart can go up a little bit and then we can go right back down. So the, the, the sell side action has been a little bit more prevalent than the buy side action. Um, but it's still very, very tough because you can sit down at your computer one minute and you can have a Fed person come on television and just say, hey, you know, I think we're at uh, a good level here. And next thing you know, the market can get a big, big bid and a squeeze. So these are very tough markets right now, at least for me. And I've been doing this a long time. So I'm going to say it's probably tough for most people. What about long-term call options, Nick? Do you have any of those in your portfolio right now? I don't right now, but I'm not opposed to that. Um, I probably would do something uh, along those lines in the precious metal space, um, the copper space. You know, when you get to those big commodity runs that are uh, on the on the cusp of taking place, those would be some. You know, you'd buy some call leaps. You know, some leap options out long duration, and those will um, pay you handsomely. So I'm not opposed to it, just not the timing isn't right for it just yet. What about your best and worst trades of the last 30 days? Oh, I got in Conagra Foods uh, around $30. That stock's now at 27 That's a horrible trade. I, and I really thought I had a, a great, great level for it, and it's just completely just gone lower. So sometimes that happens. Obviously, they have earnings coming up later this week. So maybe that'll turn things around, but I won't be in it for the earnings. I'll be out of it. So um, again, that's going to be a loser. Um, I have an option that uh, I just took a 100% loss on, premium expired, worthless. So that's going to happen. Those are kind of the worst of the year so far. Um, the best, I would say, I don't know. I had a knack gas play this year where we made 30% in you know, less than two weeks. That, that's by far you know, the best swing. Um, options wise, I've had, you know, many, many good ones. So I'm not sure which one was the best there, but there's been a lot of good winners. And biggest risk for Q4 that you can share with investors financial? Biggest risk for Q4 would be, um, getting too heavily short this market right now and a central bank turnaround occurring. You, you gotta be aware of that. It's just, um, you know, the playbook since 2009 has been the same. Every every big rally that we've had has been on the short squeeze. So if you go back to like March of this year, 2022, the bank stocks were falling apart. We had four bank failures, three in the U.S. And you could say Credit Suisse failed before it was overtaken uh, by uh, UBS. So we've had four bank failures there and the central banks came in with a ton of money. They flooded the banks through the discount window, even though it's not called quantitative easing. It is a quantitative easing in a sense, even though they're doing a quantitative tightening, right? So it gets very confusing. But the bottom line is, you know, they're pulling a good fellas. They're putting the liquor in the front door and moving it out the back door, you know, so there's still liquidity in the system. Um, so that has been, uh, that, that's tough and they could still do that. So, you know, I would tell traders, you know, just tread very carefully here. Don't um, overdo it one way or the other. Uh, don't overexpose yourself. Let the the charts give you more clarity. Uh, you always want to trade best when the trend is in a direction, whether it's a true uptrend or a true downtrend. In this case, you know we got a lot of weaving. You know, even though the markets are trending down since late July, the bigger time frame trends are still holding up. So you have to be careful here because 
central banks can really, really um, change things in a heartbeat. And I've learned to respect that over the years. So, you know, I, I'm aware that uh, I would not rule that out again. If you like what you've heard today from Nick, go check out his website, inthemoneystocks.com. Nick, really appreciate you coming on for the monthly check-in. Thank you for your insights today. Oh, always great to be back, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well, or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.